It is episode 16 of the Force with Friends podcast, and we are breaking down Return of the Jedi. Welcome back. This is Will with the Padawan Pops YouTube channel and my friend and co-host Kevin. And if you are unaware over the last, this is week six now, we have been going through the story of Star Wars. So we're looking at it as one big perfect story, episodes one through nine. We're trying to weave all the different themes and main points in for the Skywalker family. And so today we find ourselves at the almost end of the road with the original trilogy wrapping up in Return of the Jedi. So we're going to give it our, our best shot at making this make sense, looking at it from a big picture standpoint. So Kevin, initial thoughts on Return of the Jedi. First off, I would say if you've never gone through the movies like this, like we are, it's a it's a really cool experience. We were just talking about how you, I, I feel like we've picked up, I've picked up on a lot of really cool connections just between all the movies. So if you've never done this, I would highly recommend it. It's been for someone like me who's watched Star Wars his whole life, just sitting down and tackling it one movie at a time and connecting all the pieces has been really fun. So I mentioned it last week. Return of the Jedi is my favorite. It's always been my favorite. I think now I just have even more reasons for it to be my favorite. To me, there's not there's not really much in this movie I don't like. Uh, I, I have qualms with the very, very beginning, but that's about it. But no, I mean, it's it's it was already my favorite. It's still my favorite. Just made it more my favorite so yeah I, I agree with every bit of that so for me i have been an empire strikes back person f like forever <laughs> so we talked about it last week though i was worried that this might dethrone empire after <laughs> i watched it the way we're going through it and lo and behold i th i think it has it happened it, i mean you you pick up on so much and we were texting yeah. earlier today because i didn't watch it till after work so like i just quit watching the movie 25 ish minutes ago. And I mean, there, there's so much in this movie and I didn't even mind the Tatooine part. Like typically that's one of my, I can't handle it scenes in star Wars. It's, it's the same as pod racing in episode mm. one Canto like pod racing. and episode eight, the asteroid and empire strikes back. I'm not a big fan of that, but now, Canto Bite's easily the worst of, of all that, but <laughs> but still, I, I've never been a big fan of the whole Tatooine portion of this movie, and then today didn't even bother me a little. It was like I was just watching all these characters grow up before my eyes right here. You know, it's been yeah. a year hiatus, and here they are. So I, I think this is my favorite Star Wars movie, which is, Shoot. I was going to say, it's a little I unfortunate because I made a ranking list like, a month or two ago <laughs> and now so i'm gonna have up. to i'm gonna have to flip one and two now yeah i was gonna say to be fair I, I the beginning's not that bad it's really just everybody arriving at java's palace which is fine i get they all got to be there it's just when lucas felt the need to throw in this musical number that that's <laughs> that's the part that gets me like you got this scantily clad puffer fish singing some upbeat musical number like to me, that's like, okay, where are we going with this? Like, if that hadn't been slipped in there, it might be a little more manageable for me. But that that scene always just, it's like, what is this? This is <laughs> this is ridiculous. So once we get to the Dune Sea battle, I'm I'm good. Like yeah. at that point, it's it's my my best. So yeah, I think that's kind yeah. of the same with me. It's just so slow to me how it starts. Yeah. 
And and by the time you get to the Dune Sea battle, that's like five minutes and they're off, essentially. So Yeah. I, yeah, it's a quick I was a quick I was transition. okay with it. So today I've I've got four topics for us to run through, which we're going to start off with the Jedi Knight talking about Luke Skywalker, a year removed from Empire Strike Back. Mm -hmm. We're going to look at the sister, which is Princess Leia, revealed to be Luke's sister. We are going to, it's a trap. Palpatine has laid the ultimate trap for the rebellion, and Akmar acknowledges it, right? And then lastly... Return of the Jedi, talking about Anakin Skywalker, the chosen one, turning back to the light side. So let's hop off or start off with Luke Skywalker, the Jedi Knight. He the movie starts off where we're in Tatooine and I mean, it starts off with the droids and then you get that scene with Mm -hmm. Vader on on the ship. But then it's all kind of building up to Luke Skywalker showing up to rescue Han Solo. Yeah. And to me, the first thing that jumped out, and I've never thought about it this way before, was how similar it is to, it's the opposite of Empire Strikes Back. So Luke is going to save his friends and he goes into peril and he's not ready. This time, this is a well-concocted plan to go get Han Solo. Now, the peril, probably not as much as going to fight Darth Vader in Empire, but still... Luke, his character hasn't changed as far as he still cares about his friends. He's going to rescue him, all that stuff. But the way he goes about it is so measured compared to what we see in Empire. Yeah, I think it was really smart of them to start off this movie just showing his growth, just both as as like a leader, but also as a Jedi, right? Like you start off Empire and the dude can barely force pull a lightsaber. He's, He's not the most formidable in combat but here he is like he he really gets to show off like hey i've learned some new things and so he's deflecting deflecting blasters he's jumping around slicing people like it it's a really good way to start to see like oh luke's luke's really moved up to another level here um and so it is really cool that they kick off the movie with that because then you have that expectation for him really for the rest of the film that he is this guy now who can who can maybe do something he's not the same helpless person he was at the end of empire so i do like that they get that off quick and that they really introduce that right at the forefront of this movie because it's fun to see like that immediate growth and and change for him yeah i think too it's cool like in empire luke says to vader like you'll find i'm full of surprises or something like that (laughs) almost kind of like arrogantly and and as if it is a surprise that that i'm got any bit of ability here but in this movie he tells Jabba like hey don't underestimate my power it's it's almost as if it's a threat and obviously it's a little bit of a foreshadowing to the the temptation he'll face in this Mm -hmm. movie although for him i don't think it's it's ever truly that much of one as as to what it was to vader but still it's it's almost not jedi like like hey don't underestimate my abilities. And yeah. and we hear Anakin saying that in episode three as well. I was so about to say it's very Anakin-like. Yeah, right? <laughs> I don't know if it was planned, like Anakin saying that in episode three. I'm sure George probably wasn't thinking back to this one line in Jabba's palace, but it Man, fits. There's so much stuff in this movie that, that tracks back to the prequels that I'm just like, mm-hmm. there's no way he, like, it works so well, but I'm just like, there's no way all this was planned. It's, I, no. I, I don't know. But yeah, no, it's a very Anakin thing, right? Like he tells Jabba, like, this is the last mistake you'll ever make. Like that, that is a threat, yeah. right? Like this, he's definitely going in there cocky and confident, which is very much like his father. And he backs it up, right? Like he, he does what he says. Yeah. 
and we get the black and brown robes too, which yeah. he's wearing the brown cloak, but the black robes and, and, yep. and Anakin is essentially wearing dark brown and some black in episode three as well. So that's true. It's, yeah. it's pretty cool to see those connections between Anakin and Luke and those connections. Obviously, they're going to build on him as the movie goes on. We, let's get past Tatooine with Luke. I mean, he he kicks butt, but he's fighting, you know, a bunch of Tatooine people and, and bounty hunters. Not quite the same. Contrasting again with with episode five, he leaves yep, Dagobah, not, not ready. They're all split up. But here, he does come back to finish mm -hmm. his training with Yoda. And the big question on his mind, and, and if you put yourself in 1983 with everyone else sitting in theaters is was Vader lying or not. So like one of the, one of the first things yeah. he asked Yoda was, is he my father confronts that Yoda says, yeah, he is. He, he gets scolded a little bit for going back, you know, go back to empire. Yoda scolds him saying it's unfortunate that he left and went and fought Vader. Cause yeah. he wasn't ready to know that information yet. Yeah. And so now he's ready. He's learned that the only thing he has left to officially being a Jedi Knight is confronting Vader now that he's ready. That's the news that Yoda gives him. Yeah, and it and it's there's there's two kind of assessments that they've had of Luke of him not being ready and like there's a side of it where he wasn't ready. Like there's no way he was going to beat Vader. But I I do feel like he's successful on the other side of that is is you know, they didn't give him enough credit I feel like going into this that maybe he could make the right decision because despite the fact he loses, he chooses the right thing. And so there's there's kind of two sides to that where he was he was ready to make his own decision and kind of do the right thing but definitely not ready to fight definitely right but i think that's all that's on yoda and kenobi's mind is defeating vader right there's there's no scenario in their head where where this redemption occurs and so their entire focus is on beating him in combat and defeating him which is not where we see luke right like as as soon as he realizes and he's talking to yoda about uh, yeah no this actually is your father he's immediately like i can't do that right like i can't kill my father yeah um which is a really interesting response considering it's not like he's got a lot of history with the guy right but he's a lot like anakin right and this desire to you know connect with with something meaningful and he, this this instance his dad right the father he never had um it's a powerful motivator for him. And he, so he, he immediately is like, I, I can't do it. Right. Like I can't kill him. So yeah. it's, it's an inch. It's a really interesting discussion that they have um, when that reveal occurs, which I'm assuming we'll get to also with Obi-Wan, but that, that discussion as well. Yeah. And I think it was interesting what you said with Yoda and Obi-Wan had already decided Anakin was gone. I feel like the hierarchy yeah. of that decision goes from Yoda knew in episode three, it was over. And then yeah. in Kenobi, once Obi-Wan learns that Anakin lived, mm. he talks to him as Anakin, but at the end, he's like, okay, it's it's just yeah. Vader. Like, Anakin yeah, He kind of gives up that. on that idea, for sure. Yeah, which, not his fault. Anakin literally tells him to give yeah. up on it. And <laughs> yeah. and then you get to naive Luke, who still thinks there's mm -hmm. hope, and, and ultimately he was right. And so, yeah. it's a cool thing. But yeah, Luke has come a long way from episode five. It's It's almost as if in this movie, he does the exact opposite of empire strikes back it it even is mm. this is kind of going back a little bit but there's a contrast between when he's fighting that wampa in episode five to how he just defeats the rancor just like that in mm. in episode six yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. he he's struggling to use the force in five yeah. and then 
he's like jumping around. He's putting that big stick in its mouth and he's, it's a completely different Luke. So it is yeah, crazy what can happen in just one year for, for him. Which I think, I mean, I I don't think there's really a major official canon on that, but doesn't he find like a holocron in a comic or something? I think that happens somewhere. So there are comics that follow the Luke, Han, and Leia in between all three. Mm -hmm. I haven't got into those yet. I'm still into just the Vader, which are still releasing a few times a year. I feel like uh, I saw that somewhere. I do have a little bit of info from the Vader thing to throw into this when we get there. So, okay. As far as Luke goes, do you have anything else for him? Because I know some no, of just, it will tie in later with with oh, the yeah, Return of sure. the Jedi. No, I aspect. think just with coming off of Dagobah, just he's. It's interesting how insistent he is over Yoda and Obi Wan that there's a chance for redemption for his dad because yeah. Ken- Kenobi says like if you can't kill him then maybe the Emperor's already won right like Kenobi is so far down that road that he's like if you're not even willing to kill him then there's no hope right but but Luke for whatever reason is insistent that he has and he says he's like I've I've sensed the good in him I don't know if it's the fact that he's his son that he's picking up on something that other people can't but yeah. he is a hundred percent like there's no doubt in his mind that there's a possibility that he can restore his father, which I, I just find really interesting because again, it goes back to his naivety and all that, but he's willing to reject these people who knew him and trained him just on his gut feeling. And so um, yeah. I love that that's the attitude he takes into it because that's, that's what is the necessary attitude that allows, allows it to happen. So I really like that interaction between him and Obi-Wan because there's nothing really Obi-Wan can do to sway Luke on that. He's pretty yeah. committed to the idea of, of redemption. For sure. And and he does tell Vader later in the movie, you couldn't kill me in our last fight because you cared or something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. So I think there may have been a little bit that he was picking up on just from his experiences, obviously, that that no one else was. Yeah, that talk with Obi-Wan, it, the, you get the whole from a certain point of view spiel, yeah. which is the backbone of Star Wars, because mm-hmm. if you're going to have an intellectual property this big... There's going to be a lot of contradictions here and there and things yep. like that. So when you throw in that whole, well, from a certain point of view, it, it's a little, little loophole. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of brings us into a spot going forward in Star Wars. You can mm-hmm. say, well, if you look at it from this way, it, it makes sense. <laughs> uh, and that was a pretty smart thing to, to throw yeah. in there, intentional or not. But in that conversation, he learns that he has a sister and and obviously Luke's intuition is just impeccable because it's Leia just like that he knows <laughs> now obviously there's a time constraint so that there's yeah. not a lot to of of exploring for him to do just hey he knows it through the force so either way we learn that Leia is his sister Leia is the one that Yoda spoke of in episode mm-hmm. 5 saying there is another and yeah. he's insisting on it again here and then we learn that the other hope is Leia and so that's a big crowning point of of this story is in episode 3 they are separated we obviously see them in 4 and 5 but they have no clue that they have yeah. any relation and so here it's the family coming back together yeah it's one of those things i think i saw a meme it was a few weeks ago where it was just talking about how it's like literally the only woman he knows right and it happens yeah. to be his sister yeah like oh it's the <laughs> one woman i know so <laughs> um but anyway yeah no he picks up on it pretty quick uh maybe it's a family thing i don't know yeah i don't, I don't have any qualms with how this movie went right like i again it's my favorite movie i do wish they had leaned into that a little bit more 
I don't know how, I don't know where that would have fit into the narrative, but, but they do, they really do keep Luke and Leia on very separate courses within this trilogy to where Luke pretty much stays completely on the side of the force story. Leia stays pretty much completely on the side of the, the rebel versus the empire story. They don't really ever cross except for a few conversations. So that's, that is one thing I wish somehow had gotten a little more attention in this movie is is the fact that she is the daughter of Anakin Skywalker. We pick it up a few places and she senses some things in the movie, but for such a big reveal, there is a little bit of a letdown that it's not it's not really touched on. I mean, it's it's brought up later. It's a big part of uh, you know Vader and Luke's fight, but as for Leia herself, she's really she's really kind of left out of this whole Force thing throughout really the whole trilogy. So. That would be my one criticism for this movie is I wish that had been brought in a little bit more, but I don't know where. I don't know how. I mean, it, yeah. the movie flows pretty well uh, for the rest of it. So that that may be a bit of a nitpick complaint. Yeah, it's almost as if that, I mean, I don't know when it was decided that she was going to be the sister as That's far true. as in George's head. And I'm sure that yeah. answer may never come out or maybe it's out there and I have no clue. I'm sure the answer is, oh, he always knew, but I don't know. That, I don't know <laughs> I don't that buy I buy it. that. I don't buy a lot of that. Nope. So it's interesting that I think Leia being his sister is, is almost a growth point for Luke more so than it is like character development for yeah. Leia. Now, obviously knowing this in this movie in seven, eight and nine, we'll touch on it a lot. Like you got to respect what they tried to do with making Leia this big focal point because honestly it was necessary having just learned that she is a Skywalker. I I think it deserves some follow-up things didn't go. I'm sure as they planned, but because of Mm. Carrie Fisher's passing, but I I do appreciate the fact that they tried to give us a little bit more of that still with, with Leia, with Leia being a Skywalker, you get all of them in this battle at the end. So you got Luke and Vader fighting, but you've also got another Skywalker leading the ground war against the empire. So I think it's just a really cool picture seeing if this is a Skywalker story, how it all, culminates at at indoor technically at this point and it's just moving up to this one big head and i I think that's pretty cool yeah and i will as much as that was a nitpick i i I do credit the story that she never fades into the background right like she's always at the forefront of this conflict and is essential to the success and the the story right so i mean there's there's no point where she becomes a sidekick or an afterthought so it's it's not again it's not a big complaint it makes sense for where she is and how the story goes but but yeah within this larger narrative you have the remaining Skywalker family all involved in this kind of final conflict of the, the the rebellion versus the Empire. So that is a pretty cool setup. And as far as her force sensitivity goes, it, is your head canon that her knowing what Padme looked like when Luke is asking her in the movie, do you think that's like a, a force, like essence type thing? Because... The only opportunity she had to know her mother was the exact same opportunity Luke had. So yeah. it, which I know women forget nothing. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I I think you can create whatever head head canon you want. I've never really developed one just because that to me that's just so clearly like a misalignment, right? Between the yeah. that was something that was put in this before the prequels were ever going to be a thing. And so it's just one of those things now with the diff with, with the two sets of movies that I'm just gonna have to be like, eh, doesn't match, but, but you know, it is what it is, but that is interesting. I hadn't heard that before. Is that, is that a, is that a thing? The, the I don't S, the know that essence. I've heard it anywhere. If I just like the idea, I think that's one I just gave up on. I don't think I ever tried to, 
explain yeah. that one. So. I mean, I don't think about it a lot, but I did think about it in this in this honestly i'd forgot she said that and then here it's like oh yeah Mm -hmm. she did say that so i like to think that maybe it was just a she she could kind of she had this force inclination or something i don't know i'm sure there's some explanation i'll have to look it up after i feel like it's as good as any explanation so yeah Um, so that's a great scene though uh yeah because it's 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 done so well because there should be this joy in having family, right? But it's crushed by this realization of who her father is. And so she's just kind of left there, just really like stunned and just kind of broken by that news. And so it's one of those things where it's it's really cool how that, that unfolds. And she, she learns that Luke is her brother, but within that good news, there's this news that, oh, but that means this guy's your father. <laughs> um, so yeah. that, that's a cool scene. There's a lot of really good scenes in here, just character moments that I, I thought were done really well. Yeah. No, I, I agree completely. And so kind of on what we were talking about. So we see Luke with with Vader going on to the second Death Star. We see Leia doing the ground war on Endor. That brings mm-hmm. us to it's a trap. So Palpatine has laid out this plan and yep. he's saying he's essentially putting all of his chips on the table and he's saying, I'm going to draw the entire rebel fleet to this forest moon of Endor. And when they're there, I'm going to have this second death star ready to blow the moon up. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to have them all there. We're going to wipe them out and it's, it's going to go perfect. I'm, I'm luring them in. And so he lures them in. I think it's interesting that his big battle plan is another Death Star because we get <laughs> like really mad at the sequels for all of the other Death Stars they make. But technically, I mean, I'm not yeah. condoning the poor planning of the sequels, but George was making second Death Stars too. Like we, we've yeah. never em- been able Empire to shake is, it. Uh... They have a pattern of of loving some super weapons. I mean that that yeah, that's an original trilogy concept. So <laughs> he, they just he like does. let's make it bigger. And, and I love that this whole plan too is really for the purpose of breaking Luke. Right? We'll get into that. Yeah. But like, it's all a show for him to break down Luke and try to turn him to the dark side. Like it, I don't know that he ever really is worried about this rebellion because with this operational yeah. Death Star, he can wipe them out anytime at any point. That's but true. He stages yeah. it now to have this show for Luke. Uh, to yeah. really wear down his resolve and to watch his friends die. I mean, it is the perfect plan and almost works. But yeah, there's, there's, oh man, I don't even know where to start in the, the end of this movie because there's so many good moments starting with, I guess with, with Luke's meeting with Vader, right? When they meet on Endor and they have that talk that kind of leads into this battle. There's some really cool things that are said there. Yeah, so they're like, they're they're drawing. So sticking with Palpatine for just a minute. Cause so kind of looking at what he's done from one through five Mm -hmm. up to this point, he's just, he's terrible as far as a a human being goes, (laughs) which it's a good, it's a excellently written character. He, he just, he suckers in the Republic. He's ruling with an iron fist, but in episodes four and five, you don't necessarily see that kind of maniacal side of Palpatine. You don't see him at all in four. You just know he's running a strong empire. In episode five, you get a little bit, and he is very much interested in Luke Skywalker, but that's about the extent of it. Mainly, we're just seeing this really strong empire getting revenge. But in episode six, we get a little bit more of Mm -hmm. that Palpatine that we know in the prequels where he, he is coming up with this plan and he's using mind games and he's, he's being the, uh, 
don't want to say the politician, but he's playing yeah. chess with, with Luke and with the rebellion and everything like that, as opposed mm-hmm. to four and five, he's really just a name out there versus a character with qualities and, and things like that, that we can draw back to. So this yeah, whole trap here point. plays into Palpatine a lot. Yeah, it is. You're right. I hadn't thought about that, but it is much more like one through three Palpatine, uh, where he's able to execute this thing that's going to, in his mind, solve all his problems at once. Right. And so, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good way to look at it. And thought about that. He does kind of go back to prequel Palpatine in, in six. Which is the first time in this, and he has more than like two lines in the whole trilogy. He's only around for like 20 minutes of screen time in the whole original trilogy anyway. Yeah, he's used so well in episode six, though. I feel like all of his presence and his time and his lines are um, really hammer home who he is and what he's trying to do. I love the idea that the rebels think that the shields don't work on oh, yeah. on the Death Star. And when they get that realization and like turn around and so all the yep. ships are just peeling backwards and everything. I I just really like the idea that it's almost the same deal. It's like, oh, they did this a few years ago. We're gonna get them in thinking they're doing the same thing here but we've yeah. got them. It's it's such a great war maneuver. That whole battle's great. I fell in love with that space battle as a kid. Yeah. Because, I mean, at the time, there was nothing else like that on screen. Just this mm-hmm. massive space war. Um, I, I love every part of that space battle. When they go go in close toe-to-toe with the Star Destroyers, and mm-hmm. um, that, all, yeah. I mean, that's not really related to the overall story, but I I love that whole space battle scene. It's it's one of my favorite parts of the movie for sure. Yeah, I do too. It was it's to me it's not the trench run on episode four, but it's right there at yeah. it. I think as far as the trap aspect goes, I don't think there's too much more to talk about other than the trap has been laid a, to draw Luke trap. in. <laughs> the rebellion shows up like it's it's almost perfect for Palpatine had yeah. the return of the Jedi not happened. So we start off with Luke and Anakin's Luke and Vader's conversation going up to the Death Star on Endor. Mm. That is a very lore heavy scene yeah. there. He He's talking about Anakin, Vader's. He's being Vader, but he's also showing some some cracks in the armor in this conversation. Yeah. And I think that's when the audience is starting to think, oh, maybe maybe he can turn. I thought this was so well done, especially by James Earl Jones, because mm-hmm. throughout this entire trilogy, Vader and his presentation and the way he commands things is just this assured, confident, menacing force, right? Like yeah. this thing that you run away from. But in this scene with Luke, he doesn't he doesn't feel dangerous, right? He feels subdued. And it's the first time you like I feel it's the first time in the trilogy that I feel this way about Vader, that he's not a threat right now. And so the way that they wrote him and the way uh, Jones plays him and just his voice in that scene is he says some really cool things that, that point to that. He is just this broken, hopeless guy, right? He's not, you know, he, he understands now he says some things about how manipulative or about how powerful Palpatine is uh, that allude to the fact that he understands he was duped. Right, that he he's in this thing now and he can't get out, and so it's a really really cool change that we see from Episode Five because we talked about it a little bit last week, right? Like in Episode Five, he he has that conversation with Luke where he reveals that he's his father, and one of the things I did want to touch back on is we got some good comments from that video, people talking about you know that was really just to manipulate Luke, which it was, yeah. right? The whole yeah. purpose, it's not an emotional appeal for Vader, like he's just saying this, but 
somebody in the comments made said something about you know just saying it kind of woke up that part of Anakin, which I really like that being worded that way because I think that's what happens, right? Like he he has this moment where he has to acknowledge, and then we see him transformed from four to five. Like now when he's yeah. in Luke's presence, he's such a different different person. Um, and I love the line he says it at the end of that conversation where Luke's like, "We can we can." get away from this, like, come with me. And he says, it's too late for me, my son. Right. And so yeah. just in that line, it's like, there's a, there was a wish there. There was like a, a desire that he could. And that's, that's not Vader, right? Like that's so far from who Vader's been and all the rejection. And he tries earlier. He says, you know, that, that name means nothing to me anymore. When Luke brings up Anakin Skywalker, but then he speaks out the other side of his mouth and it's just like, well, it's, it's too late for me. That, that comment right there always, it's, it's such a great line because it's so simple, but it speaks to like, he wishes there was a way, right? If only there was, but he's just like, you just got to give up, right? Like, yeah, I, I want that too, but there's no hope here. You don't understand the power of the dark side. You don't understand the power of Palpatine. We get just this hopeless resigned Vader, which is so so different from the Vader we've seen the entire rest of the trilogy. So I, I love that scene so much because it's just such a different Vader. And I, I thought, again, it was just written and played really, really well. I agree. And so this, to so the same way that opening <clears throat> crawl in A New Hope is you can take all of Rogue One and the emotion from that and throw it into that opening crawl of A New Hope. Yeah. This one bit of dialogue between Vader and Luke, you can take the whole vader comic series and you just follow vader all the way through which is following him from episode five to six and you can throw the entire series into this one conversation that he has with luke so vader it starts off palpatine spoiler alert for the vader comics if you haven't read it or don't plan on it shut your ears pause whatever otherwise you're about to get a quick rundown very paraphrased palpatine is is punishing vader ochi of bastoon is is paid to hunt vader down and vader's like he's beaten down and and the emperor wants vader to know that i'm the boss here you failed Mm -hmm. and and i'm the master And so you go through series after series after series and Vader ultimately overcomes like all these challenges and he ends up getting in fights with like the crime syndicates. It goes a lot of different ways, but the crux of it is that he learns about Exegol and he knows exactly what the emperor has planned and he is resigned to the fact Hmm. that there's no way to defeat Palpatine. And so in that one year, he is just beaten down for a solid year leading up to this. He he gets to this point and it almost makes seven, eight, nine better knowing that like Vader knew about some stuff like that. They're doing a lot of damage control, but it, sure. it does add a little bit to, to that conversation of why he was so defeated. It's because he knew that the emperor had already set up a plan to never lose. So what do you do about it? Yeah. I didn't, uh, I wasn't familiar with those comments. So that's all between five and six. That's interesting. Yeah. And it's yeah, really I mean, good. That, it's yeah. And that's another, that's another just good enrichment of that scene. Cause it does make sense for, for this very subdued debater that we come in contact with, you know, you would think he already knows the emperor. And so such a big change makes more sense when you kind of have a little bit more backstory to what all he's experienced. So that's interesting. Uh, I hadn't heard yeah. that. So they, they get to the ship. They're both like goading Luke in. The Emperor's yeah. trying to, to get Luke to take the bait. He's making Luke really mad. You know, he, he lets him know, you know the sh- shields will be quite operational or whatever. He says something <laughs> along those lines. And yeah. so 
he, he gets Luke really frustrated and eventually Luke goes to strike the Emperor down and that starts this showdown between Vader and Luke and Luke is taking it to him for the greater part of the fight. Like he kicks him down the steps. Yeah. You see that Luke is, is much stronger in this past year and Vader. I don't know if he's weaker, but he certainly hasn't gained any ground on yeah. Luke in the, in the previous year. So they're fighting and it gets to that one part where Vader's trying to lure Luke out because Luke's like, I'm not going to fight you. And he, he's hiding around and stuff. And then Vader throws the sister out there because Luke, I guess, didn't bury yeah. it deep down far enough. Vader did not know that there was a sister. He just knew there was Luke. Vader figures that out and it shows that he's just prodding at Luke as well. And Luke just goes nuts, whips him. It's, it's the opposite of what happens in episode five because when Luke, hits vader's arm in five yeah. vader goes nuts pushes him to the side of that that little rampway cuts his hand off and and goes from there it's the opposite luke goes nuts cuts his hand off but then steps away and says no i'm a jedi and that's a super cool scene there and and it's what starts or not what starts it's what finishes anakin's turn to the light side here yeah there's there's a, so many cool parallels throughout this like just from luke's initial and he grabs his lightsaber, right? That that goading of yeah. like Palpatine's leaving him with no option. He, either he watches his friends die or he tries to kill Palpatine, right? Like that becomes the only solution to saving him. And so we see this same tactic that, that Palpatine had with Anakin of like removing all his available options. Like this is the yeah. only choice you have now is to is to attack, right? To do this thing in anger. And he does, right? And it's really cool to see Vader being that prodding evil force again because he's back in the presence of the emperor and so he's like back to being this this force again but yeah it's so cool because then we get the same mirror with palpatine saying all right now finish him off it's like anakin with dooku like the same tactics that he used to try to create this new apprentice but that's where we see luke do what his father couldn't right he puts down yeah. his weapon he puts down his anger and he he makes that proclamation of you know and i love how he connects his father to it because anakin's sitting there Vader's sitting there watching this happen and he's seeing the dark side fail, right? Like this thing that he thought couldn't be beaten. He tells Luke, there's no hope. It's too strong. And then he sits there and watches Luke defy it and do what he could never do. And so uh, it's a really cool moment where the son demonstrates that, that this thing is possible to the father, which, which as you said, kind of will head us toward this point of, of true redemption. There's, there's a lot of really cool mirrors yeah. throughout this whole scene. Yeah. I was going to say Luke walks it right up <laughs> to the edge. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and it's I, I want to say the the canon for it is he sees Vader's hand and he, he you know he sees his hand and it's like no, just it's a own. it's yeah. it's another connection and he's just right there at the edge and steps away and so then the Emperor shows up starts you know electrocuting Luke and Vader's watching for quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> At least it seems as if it's quite a while for the person getting electrocuted, I'm sure. And then just all so, this yeah. all of a sudden says no and throws the emperor into the pit and almost yeah. kills him. <laughs> <laughs> almost kills him. Oh man, you had to sneak that one in there. Yeah, almost kills him. Somehow he returns. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Oh gosh. No, I, I, there was, I, I hadn't thought about this before, but one of the things I was thinking about watching that scene is like Luke's laying on the ground, writhing and saying, father, help me. 
is like literally Anakin's dreams of like of Shmi and a Padme, right? Where they're saying, Anakin, help me, please. And so it's, again, I don't know if this is on purpose. It seems too perfect to be on purpose considering George just made half the stuff that soon went along. But it's so cool <laughs> that Anakin has these memories. Well, I'm assuming he does of these visions where he couldn't save his mom. She was calling out for help. He couldn't save Padme. He has this image of her calling out for help saying, please help me. And then here he sees his son, the exact same situation. And he can do something like this is finally his moment where he can actually save someone who he was never able to save. And so it's such a cool reflection of those moments where he failed. And Luke has just shown him, Hey, the dark can lose. And here's, here's an opportunity for you to do this thing you were never able to successfully do. You were never able to save a loved one. Now you can do it. And so I, I hadn't thought about that until watching it this time, but it's, it's like in perfect step with all those visions he had of, pe of losing people. And now he sees it in front of him where he can actually do something. That was, that was just a really cool thing I never thought of that, again, just from watching these movies the way we've watched them, it just stood out to yeah. me. I, I'm glad you took it that way. I took it a completely different way. Oh, interesting. So okay. this one scene, when Anakin falls to the dark side, Palpatine is being electrocuted, and he it's chooses true. the dark side to save Palpatine. Now, Palpatine's electrocuting himself, but either way, that's, that's what's going down. <laughs> and, and Anakin chooses to take out the Jedi to save hmm. the Sith being electrocuted by the Sith. In episode six, Anakin, or Luke is being electrocuted and Anakin chooses to destroy the Sith to save the Jedi. It's the hmm. exact opposite it is, picture. Yeah. And so That's it's true. a full circle moment for Anakin. I'm not sure if, again, like you said, George hmm. kind of made up a lot as he went. Now, some things, you know, big picture, it was all there. Sure. But some things a lot was kind of made up on the fly. So it makes you wonder if, if they did tie in on purpose, yeah. but either way, both of those things that we just said fit the story pretty well. They do. Yeah. Then I hadn't thought about that. It is, it's literally the exact opposite and, and it's, it's his fault. It's, it's his fall to his redemption, right? Like the complete yep. opposite scenarios are what facilitate both those things. That is, that is cool. I didn't, I didn't think about that. All three trilogies also end with Palpatine electrocuting himself. <laughs> that's, oh, uh, yeah. No, that's true. Sadly, that's true. That, that doesn't make a whole it, lot of sense, but. No. So either way, that's a different story as well. But <clears throat> Vader and Anakin chooses yeah. redemption. So he, again, he kills Palpatine. He actually does kill him. Palpatine dies there. It's a clone body and nine. So yeah. he really does kill him. Or it's a clone with Palpatine's spirit in it. Whatever. Yeah. Either way, he kills him and Luke goes out and Vader's like, no, that that's it for me. Like, just let me see you. So takes the mask off. Yeah. We get we get Vader there. It's Sebastian Shaw. Is that the actor's name? I think it is. Yeah, Maybe. something like that. I think that's I can't right. Remember. So that sounds right. You, you see him there, and you know he's he's bald and kind of all messed up and everything. But but then he says, "Tell your sister you were right," or something like that. Yeah. So there is that that acknowledgement there, and and you get the the Skywalker family essentially, or Anakin's story with the Skywalker family. It goes full circle. He's he's learns he has a son. He learns he has a daughter. He's back on the light side. The balance has been brought to the force for a few decades. It's a nice, happy ending to Anakin's story. You get his funeral where Luke gets to go, yeah. you know, have that moment with him. 
And then you see Forrest Ghost Anakin at the end with with Obi-Wan and Yoda. I would have to read through it again, but in the new From a Certain Point of View book, you get the story of Obi-Wan teaching Anakin how to become one with the Force just really quick there as Hmm. it's all happening. And that's a pretty cool short story. I'll have to like send you, you know. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I have to send it to you or something because it's only a few pages, but it's pretty cool too just how this this whole little moment goes full circle there for Anakin. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's such a cool ending for him because in the midst of all the evil and wrong that he's done, but also all the trauma and like messed up stuff he's dealt with the fact that he goes out like in a state of peace with his son, right? Like with, with family, like this thing that he fought so hard for previously, it is a really cool ending moment for him. And he makes that comment, you know, Luke's like, Oh, I got to save you. It's a cheesy line, but it's a great line where he's like, you already have, yeah. Luke, right? Like that he's <laughs> able to, that he's able to go out with some semblance of peace is, is huge because of all that he's been through and all that he's done, right? Like the amount of guilt and things that he's, he's probably carried throughout his, I mean, just throughout his life to, to be able to go in that way is, is great for him. Yeah. I'm honestly a little surprised George didn't try to CG Hayden into that scene too, but uh... I've, I've <laughs> thought that it, if he were still in charge, that would end up happening, but <laughs> that it would be won't, gone. it will not now. Thankfully. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but, I'm, yeah. I don't want it to be. Some things need to stay the way they were, you know, yeah. the force goes at the end. It's whatever. It's a quick two seconds. I don't have an issue with that, but I, I feel like that line and that, that moment where those two actors are actually interacting with each other, it would be a, it would be a shame to change that. So I'm, I'm glad yeah, that yeah. never got CG'd out. <laughs> no, I agree. Wrapping up, the return of the Jedi wrapping up the original trilogy, wrapping up the original story of star Wars. Now yeah. we're, we're going to keep, we're going to keep going with it and, and tell it as we have it. But as far as one through six goes, you ties a bow on it perfectly. You get yeah. Va- Vader's redeemed. So we, we see Vader fall. We see Vader become what he becomes and then be redeemed. So that's, that's a cool story. You see Luke and Leia and Han as well, a coming of age story. You yeah. see them coming into their own and they, they win this war that they've been fighting. Leia and Han are going to end up together. So that's going to be like their happy ending. Luke gets his happy ending. The rebellion gets theirs. The Ewoks get their happy ending. Like it's it's yeah. just a great time for everybody. The music at the end's really fun. That's a fun it's fun. It's a fun scene. Yeah, I was dancing around the living room to the music and they're <laughs> embarrassing Ashley before I came in here. But fair enough. Uh, it was it's such a good ending. Yeah. And we always wanted more Star Wars. We got it. But if it had stayed one through six forever, it still would have been perfect. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think the way that the prequels as much as the prequels had some issues with dialogue and pacing, you know, they, they do a lot looking back on it to really make the original experience feel even better. Right. The original movies were always great, but now having these, this tie in of who this person was and how he got to this point and how he's now redeemed from all that, it really does come full circle in a really, really good way. And it's hard to imagine the original without the prequels now, right? Like, yep as much as they were good on their own, like without that, that prequel story, uh, it's hard to imagine what, what it is to view them uh, outside of that. So it enriches it like so much tenfold. It's it's so good. Honestly, this makes me, you know, you and I are not super sequel fans, right? I am, I am of the the mindset. Like I'm, I'm glad that there are people that loved them. I think anything that gets people in star Wars is great. It's a good Uh, thing. if, If it gets you on the train, hop on star wars is awesome 
but it just wasn't wasn't my cup of tea. But I'm really hoping going through this the way we have and the way it's made everything else better, even stuff I did like, yeah. I am hoping as we continue that it's going to give me a slightly better perspective of of the sequel movies. So we'll see. I will say we're going to... Wa- I'm going to watch the sequels as the continuation of Luke and Leia's story to an extent, but to a big extent, Palpatine's story, because you can't tell the Skywalker story without Palpatine. So I'm, I'm hopeful, like you said, that, that I can watch it and be happy with it. So we'll see. I think there's going to be a lot of good. We're not going to be super negative. We're going to try, but I think there's some good to be had. I think the whole, I think we've, the the whole purpose is just looking at that bigger picture story. And so, and I I do think looking at it through that lens will help ignore some of those things that, that it'll might, it'll keep us in our lane. Yeah. The what did our wives think segment? Ashley actually watched like the last hour and a half or so of okay. Return of the Jedi with me. Um, <clears> it's <throat> her favorite episodic movie, as as what I've. I'm pretty sure that's what we had come to the conclusion. I thought it was four, but I think it is six from what she was saying. But she uh, she enjoys it. Everyone enjoys it. You having an yeah. earthquake there? <laughs> I, I just bump this thing real i'm so i've been Y'all, drinking this water like crazy i've had an itch in my throat all day yeah and i am trying to not just go into like a coughing fit so y'all do uh, have earthquakes it's, it's annoying so you never know we do yeah uh every now and then we have little ones that that nothing big thankfully but, did Brittany um, watch this one with you yeah no she did watch this one with me watch the whole thing uh she hates the cg editions um, i do too hated the java scene palace with all that nonsense the end where they're showing all the location celebrations. She's like, I feel like it's just a distraction. I was like, that's fair. Yeah. I when that. they're pulling down the statue and everything. Yeah. So yeah, she, I'm not like a fan. Stuff. she loves Ewoks. Uh, big fan of Ewoks. Doesn't like watching them die. But no, I, I think overall she enjoyed it. I think the original trilogy was much more enjoyable to her than the prequels. Um, I think when you're not a big Star Wars fan, focus on the story. Some of those things annoy you a little bit more. So, but no, she, I, I think she yeah. really enjoyed the originals. Looking ahead, I'm thinking. It's going to be, we need three straight weeks to do seven, eight, and nine. So I don't want to start that before the new year. So I think first week of January, we should start seven, eight, and nine. So I'm thinking maybe we have a couple bonus episodes over the next three to four weeks. So maybe next week we talk about our favorite Star Wars things of 2023. Just a a quick podcast talking about our favorite things that happened. Nothing the week of Christmas because that week's just... That's going to be busy. Well, and I'll be traveling. I'm sure you're doing some traveling. Yeah. And so then maybe the following week, so leading up to like New Year's Eve, I thought it would be cool to have an episode where we talk about what we hope happens in 2024. I really like the favorite things of 2023. That's going to be a good one to do. Yeah, it's like a Star Wars year in review for us. Yeah. Gosh, I can't even, like, at this point, everything's so blurred together. I don't even know what was in 2023, quite honestly. <laughs> So I can give you a quick rundown. The video game. Survivor. Not Jedi Survivor, not Fallen yep. Order. Visions. We had the Second Bad Batch. Second season of Visions. Yep. Bad Batch. Second season Bad Batch and Ahsoka. Mandalorian when, was also 2023. We forgot the Mandalorian season three. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. So we're going to talk about, let's talk about our favorite and least favorite Star Wars things of okay. 2023. I'm good with that. That'll be good. And then 2024, yeah. the, the couple weeks later, we'll talk about what we want to see in 2024 out of Star Wars. Well, I know part of mine's gone. I know Andor got pushed back to 25, so I'm bummed about that. I loved Andor. I know that's a 
I like That's it. It's a hot topic among Star Wars fans, but I love it. It's not my favorite, but it's not my least either. I like it. Yeah. Anytime I can get more uh, Andy Serkis in my Star Wars, I'm yes, all for it. For sure. So. <laughs> so that's it for us for episode 16. We have talked Return of the Jedi and a little bit more. So yep. you heard it here first. Next week, our first ever bonus episode. You will see our favorite parts of Star Wars in 2023. Thanks for watching and catch one of these two videos next. Yeah.